Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com. The MSU Insider joins us. Want to get his thoughts on Nebraska and Michigan State and also Alan Haller and the other ADs in this Connor Stallions Michigan story. How you doing, Comp? Well, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. All right, we'll get to the game in a moment. Huskers are playing for a shot possibly at the end of the year in the Big Ten Championship game. Michigan State just looking to get some momentum going on offense. I'll be curious about the QB situation. But uh, the latest story, Alan Howler was very vocal about how the tunnel incident was treated by the Big Ten and Michigan compared to what is going on right now with Connor Stallions. Uh, what are you hearing uh, for the Michigan State Athletic Director's Office? You know, that's really interesting. I've not spoken with Alan about this since this news came out. You know, they had the meeting with Tony Petiti, the coaches did, previous day and all of those quotes were anonymous quotes um it was a closed uh discussion and i understand a lot of coaches spoke very frankly like all 13 of them very negatively toward harbaugh and you saw those quotes uh anonymously in espn and the athletic and, and others uh, I, I i've not asked ellen about this i i find it odd that those quotes were anonymous when it came to players but these quotes from about Haller are on the record. I'm not sure why or how that happened. Uh, if Alan wanted it to be that way, or if he didn't, if he was fine with it being that way, or I, I'm not sure. So that part surprised me. I'm not surprised that he spoke out against it because all the coaches spoke out against it too. And it'll be interesting to see if all the athletic directors support all their coaches in feeling that way. He was supporting the, the idea of all the coaches in the Big Ten, especially his own. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com, the MSU Insider, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Uh, let's get to the football field. Uh, who's going to be the quarterback for Michigan State on Saturday against Nebraska? You know, that's a great question, and I was talking about this on another show uh, on, on the network here, part of your network. Um, it, you know, essentially, Michigan State has been holding quarterback tryouts all season, and you see that it's not gone well. I think all, th- all three quarterbacks are pretty – solidly talented. Uh, I think Levitt is the most talented, maybe easily the most talented. And I think all three could be pretty good, at least pretty good, competent starters at the Big Ten level. But all three of them would need, you know, at least 10 or 15 starts to get to that level. I was watching Kelly McManus last week, the, the quarterback at Minnesota. He is so much better than he was last year. Now he's merely functional. Functional is good at this level when you're playing opponents that beat themselves. All three of these Michigan State quarterbacks can get to that level and better. Levitt can become much better. Um, Levitt looks really good, the true freshman. Quick feet, throws on the run, has some zip. You know, he's still learning to make reads against opposing defenses. All The only reads he's ever made at this level are against his own team in practice. I'm, I don't have any inside information on this. I would not be surprised if Levitt starts this game. I think Michigan State would have beaten Minnesota if Levitt had played the whole game. He's only played a few minutes here and there, but for a true, he's as, he's as impressive a true freshman as I can remember. He's better right now than Jeff Smoker was as a true freshman. They've not played many true freshmen at quarterback over the years. He has some intriguing um, high-level talent. He's only six foot two, but quick feet, quick release, good zip. You know, it comes down to how he does with reads and so forth. Next, you know, I mean, he's played three games. The next time he plays is his fourth game. All of his, all of his minutes have been mop-up time. Does he get to the point where he says, I don't want to play a fifth game and, and burn my red shirt? I don't know. 
that's the way a lot of players and, and handlers and advisors think these days. But these are real questions that are going to come up at some point during this uh, regrettable season for Michigan State football. But he has talent, and that's the storyline tomorrow. Does he start? Does he play? And if he does, does he play a fifth game? Or might he shut it down? We don't know. Yeah, how many other guys will just shut it down that are redshirt eligible, knowing that State isn't going to a bowl game, knowing that a new head coach is coming? But it's obvious to me, from the moment I've seen Sam Levitt on the field, that he is the best QB option uh, for Michigan State. Speaking of redshirts transfer portal, where are things at right now while Michigan State is in limbo with no active long-term head coach? I think the 30-day transfer window is closed since the, I think they get 30 days after the head coach is fired to join it. And I should know the exact number. I think it's four or five or six with a couple of walk-ons that have gone in. Charles Brantley is not officially in it, but he's played four games. And the next time he plays one, he loses his red shirt. So I think he might fall into the category you mentioned a moment ago. We may not see him again this year, and then he'll decide, depending on who he's hired and what he wants to do, or if he goes in a portal later. But right now, the portal is pretty much uh, a player could opt out of the team and say, I'm, I'm planning to enter the portal and leave the team. Um, you know, that's what Tunisi Adelaide did last week. He was the transfer from A&M. That's another four-star four-and-a-half-star recruit that signed with A&M, did not pan out much there. Mel Tucker brought him to Michigan State. He didn't have much experience playing football in the last three years. Um, at SpartanMag.com, I did not make him out to be a great uh, immediate impact guy. I said he was a good prospect, but I cautioned our readers. I said, this guy's only played two-and-a-half football games since 2019, going all the way back to high school, and had some ability, looked okay in the spring game, but um, you know he was down to 14 snaps in the Michigan game, and then he was off the team in, in subsequent days. So you could always have more players like that that fall by the wayside. I'm not necessarily anticipating that, but I wouldn't rule anything out. You know how Harlan Barnett and some of these coaches are saying, we have who we have, and that's who's out there, and that's who we're going to support, and all these things. Top to bottom, it's not a healthy situation in this very competitive sport. All that it takes is to have just a little bit of slippage, and you end up losing every Saturday. That's kind of where Michigan State is right now. Uh, speaking of where Michigan State is, uh, is Urban Meyer real? Is that done? I mean, back and forth on Twitter for what it's worth with the social networks. Uh, I've heard the Lance Leopold name. I kind of like that uh, out of Kansas, you know, via Buffalo, Wisconsin, Platteville. Uh, what is the latest shortlist, you think, for the next Michigan State head football coach? Yeah, I think Lance Leipold, I have some sources on this. And initially, I don't think Lance Leipold was, uh, I didn't detect him on the initial list that was, you know, um, I can't give any more of my sources, but there was, uh, he was not on the initial list. But he's 59 years old. That's up there. But um, he's done such an impressive job at Kansas, which is such a difficult job. You know, year one, he had nothing to work with. Year two, they were 500. Year three, they're one of the stories of college football, that big victory over Oklahoma last year. You know, he won those national championships at Wisconsin, Whitewater. He did well at Buffalo. Um, he's kind of a football version of Bo Ryan a little bit, you know, coming on really strong late in his career. You know, Michigan State could use some structuring like that. Um, so I, it, I'm not surprised that, that uh, he's getting some, some mention there. The age, of course, is not ideal. If he were 51, he would be a no-brainer lead candidate for sure. But, yeah, he's in there. And then the other ones we've talked about in the past, you know, you look at Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Um, 
and you know Mike Elko at Duke. And you and I talked about Jed Fish a couple of weeks ago. I've not detected any movement toward Jed Fish. The thing about Jed Fish is he's he's bounced from job to job every year or two years. And uh, you know the word from insiders is that you know the th- the thought is if and when he does well at the college level, he's going to want to go back to the NFL, which is what they said about Nick Saban back in 1995. But I've not detected any movement with Fish, but I have with Leipold. Yeah, I think, you know, Jed Fish uh, and Leipold, to me, uh, would be the uh, two great candidates. Fish with his Big Ten connections, West Coast, with the West Coast teams coming in, and Leipold, just the job he's done, the high-octane offense he runs, that would be cool. Com, appreciate the update. Enjoy the Nebraska-Michigan State game. Thanks a lot, Bill. Anytime. Have a great weekend.